G'day, it's Phil here. Over the last two weeks, we've had the opportunity to explore the intimate world of Blessing Akpan as a young student in her primary and her high school days, as she discovered the beginning of her vocation. We've had a chance to explore the way in which she is absolutely blossoming as a young teacher. She hasn't even finished her education program yet. Today, I think we'll get the opportunity to see Blessing Akpan, the global citizen, emerge in this remarkable story. I can't wait. I'm excited. Let's go. Before you start your conversation with today's Game Changers special series guest, Phil, can you share with our audience a little insight into our special series sponsor? Sure thing, Adriano. EDAPT provides educators with an easier, more meaningful way to check in with each student and know them on a deeper level. Find out more at edapt.education forward slash game changers. That's edapt.education forward slash game changers. Let's go. Hello again, blessing. Hello, Phil. Nice to meet you again. Yeah, nice to be talking again. Let's dive straight into this. Where are we going to start? The World Innovation Summit for Education, Grow with Google, I Am Remarkable, Technovation Challenge, Global Thinkers Forum, Their World, Link Online Learners, 100Org, the Global Shapers Community, or the Innovative Child Network. Where do you want to start? <laughs> okay, so anywhere, anywhere, it's fine. Well, let's talk about the journey because at some point you make a decision, not only to study in education, but to reach out to the world and to start being an advocate, a representative, you know, it's, it's remarkable, remarkable stuff that you've been doing. So let's start with Lead Women Will. Tell me about Lead Women Will. Lead Women Will is a Grow with Google initiative that empowers women in entrepreneurship, digital literacy, uh, leadership, and then in the workspace. So in 2018, I was met the, uh, that was when I started my university. I was met the, the lead for Uyo, that's my city. I think by that time I was actually the youngest lead in Sub-Saharan Africa. So since then we've, in our community, we've helped women um, gain access to mentorship. And uh, we've, we've, uh, we've held a lot of workshops and community events that help women explore opportunities in the digital space and also help them understand what entrepreneurship is and how to get started in that area. So the community also offers support for women in terms of resources and also expert ideas. And what, why is that so important to you to be involved in a program like that? I love to see women be who there should be. I love to see women live up to their potentials. I love to see women succeed. So the Women Wheel community is, is actually a community that provides the needed resources for women to succeed, succeed and thrive in their fields. So important to me because I am a woman and uh, pursuing my dreams has, has made me succeed in a lot of areas. So I would love to see other women do same. And I'm really excited because since the community started in Uyo here, a lot of women have, have gone on to, to um, establish their organizations, start up small businesses, and they are really doing well. So that is actually my joy and it's actually a plus to our community. And, and you've, you've extended that work 
in empowerment and advocacy for women with your work with I Am Remarkable, um, which yes, you are remarkable, and the but the organisation I Am Remarkable. Um, talk to me a little bit about that and 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 the transition from uh, Women Will Uyo to to I Am Remarkable. What what was involved there? The uh, organisers of I Am Remarkable is linked with Women Will. So I decided to be I Am Remarkable facilitator because every person is is actually not gender biased. So every person be it male or female, should know that he or she is remarkable. So we actually have to own up to our stories. So we have different accomplishments we have, we have in life, but sometimes we feel the imposter syndrome. Sometimes we feel that it's, it's, not, it's not big enough to let people hear about it. Sometimes we feel that we can own up to it. So I am remarkable is basically a workshop that helps people speak openly about their accomplishments, own up to it, and also realize that, of course, they are awesome. And no matter how little it is or the accomplishments are, they actually did it and they should be proud of it. So it's really boosts people's self-confidence. So being a part of Ryan Remarkable has really been an amazing experience for me because that's boosted my self-confidence. It has helped me get rid of imposter syndrome. It, it has helped me project myself and uh, uh, show up every single time. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting challenge, isn't it? When, you, when you've got to stand up in front of people and, and help them through that process of discovering their potential and, and working on becoming the best version of themselves, you've actually got to do that work yourself at the same time, don't you? Because, you know, it's, none of us is perfect, but at the same time, we have to... To, to model that um, for other people. Um, you, just, you just mentioned a little bit in passing there about imposter syndrome. Talk to me about that. It happens a lot to a lot of people when you, you, you can't really own up to your accomplishment because you feel that you didn't do it. You know, sometimes you do something and you just look around and just ask yourself, did I really do this? <laughs> so uh, it's, it's, it's happens, it happens to me and I feel that I'm not worthy of, sometimes I feel I'm not worthy of, of the accolades, you know, of the praises of what I'm having or what I'm getting. So, but I just come to realize that I put in the effort, you know, you put in the effort. So you should actually be proud of yourself. You did it. So I don't know why, why imposter syndrome. I don't know if it's actually because of low self-esteem why people feel that uh, they can't own up to your accomplishments. Yeah, it's a, it's a, look, it's a real thing. And um, it's great that you're wrestling with it right now. I have a feeling you're going to deal with it for the rest of your life because you, you tend to, it, it tends to be innate within a person and it comes with humility and willpower and the, and the, the, the potential to bridge the, 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 the gap between the two. That's the Jim Collins good to great thing. Um, you took the work that you did um, working with women in Uyo. And in October 2019, you end up at the World Innovation Summit for Education and as a Learner's Voice Fellow in Doha, in Qatar. Talk to me, where, where did that come from? Where did that opportunity come from? And what was it like? What did you learn while you were there? I can really recall the application process, but I know I first, I found it at Opportunity Dex. I just applied and uh, I was just super excited that I was, I was selected. I was among the young educators uh, selected from Nigeria. And uh, it was really a very um, defining uh, verse for me 
because well in Doha, Qatar, I got to learn about a lot of practices. I made a lot of outstanding education leaders and especially my, my fellows who came from other countries. I also learned about their stories and I was, I was really strengthened. I was really strengthened and um, I felt like I was doing the right thing. You know, when you were just doing something, it seems like you're the only person doing it. You're the only person striving that part. And then you get, uh, you, you are presented an opportunity where you then realize that, oh, you are not alone. We have a lot of people who are on this path and it's actually in the whole path. So that was what that opportunity meant to me. And then there I met lots of amazing people. I met uh, people from 100 community. I met educators from different organizations. And then even after this summit, I was able to still collaborate with these people for different, for other different amazing education projects. So let's talk a little bit about some of those connections you made and some of the other programs that you went on to. You mentioned the 100 org there. Tell us about the work that you've been doing with, you know, 100 org and, and then maybe some of the other things you've been involved with, like the Global Thinkers Forum, their world and so on. Let's, let's explore the world of Blessing Akpan Global Citizen. Okay, um, after the World Innovation Summit for Education, I came back and I was actually trying to see how I can put all the learning because I learned a whole lot. I, I was just seeing how I can just put all the learning together to, to bring, to, to help me strategize and then just, just put it into practice. And then I, the following year, 2020 was when I really started. And unfortunately, COVID-19 happened, but that really didn't tell me. That was when the, the, the learning really came into play. And uh, I met uh, one of the persons who was really working with 100 at that time. And she told me about 100.org, told me about the ambassadors program. And I, I, I told her I was going to apply. I, I went to the website to look through it. And I was just like, wow, this is, this is where I should be. This is where I should be, you know, being among people who have the same interest, pursuing the same passion. I applied to be an ambassador and um, I was so happy when I was accepted. And then I got to meet other ambassadors in the program. I, I worked with, uh, I met Magaga, I met Alex, Hector, a lot of amazing people doing amazing things in the education sphere from different, from other countries. And that was, that was really, really, really where my journey as a hundred ambassador started till now. So, so what's the point of doing this? Why do all of this connecting and networking and traveling overseas and internationally? What's your, what's your purpose? Okay, uh, as someone who is actually still growing, because even as much as people think I've done a lot, I think I'm still, I still have a lot of, a lot of things I need to learn. I still have a lot of, of practice, like someone, um, I call myself a global citizen because I don't just need to just restrict myself to my local community. I want to help my community, yes, but I don't have to just use the local way all the time. I have to leverage on the global practice, how it's done there, and also to influence my community and then my country. My country as a developing country. But when I am able to leverage best practices in my, in my work, 
it will actually help my community advance to, to another level. So the essence for the, the connecting, the learning, the traveling is to number one for personal development, to develop myself because you cannot give what you do not have. And in order for me to be able to help my community, I have to have certain knowledge. And that knowledge will not begin just sitting in my room and just writing, no, or just sitting in my room and just thinking. No, I have to, I have to talk to other people, have to connect with other people, I have to learn about their best practice, I have to learn about what they are doing right. I have to also learn about maybe what they're doing wrong and how I, I, I shouldn't repeat that mistake. And then um, secondly, I'm doing it for my community because uh, I want to learn about the best practices, definitely, especially in education. The world is rapidly changing and it's actually the 21st century. So you can't use the, the method you use in teaching last year, this year. So they are changing and you have to learn about the, the improved method. Why not? Why, why not, Blessing? There's lots of teachers around the world who think that they can just keep doing the same thing year after year after year. Why can't you teach the same way this year that you taught last year? Because change is constant. The, the only thing that will stand you apart is you being teachable, is you being dynamic. That's the only thing that, uh, that sets you apart. I cannot do, I cannot do the same thing or do the same thing the same way I did last year because obviously things has changed. Like you wake up, you realize that uh, the way you did things the other day is not the way it's done. For instance, you know, I used to go to the community to do a lot of work and then you realize that there's a way to make it easier. Uh, we have to, maybe we have to use the online space, you know, to work. And uh, before the COVID-19, I really wasn't really into online learning, you know, online teaching and all of that. But I realized that there's such a thing as this. And then imagine where I just wanted to stick to how I used to do work, I used to teach kids. You know, it's it will just be me being behind. So uh, the, the reason why I cannot uh, stop connecting, I cannot stop traveling when I have to for important reasons, it's because I need it, my community need it, my work need it, and actually the future of my work actually needs it. So you need it, your community needs it, your students need it. All right. I want to take you now, and look, there's many more of these programs that we could talk about, like the Global Youth Ambassador Program um, and the Telemarkus Youth Program and so on. I want to take you instead to your own startup, the Innovative Child Network. What inspired this? What are you trying to do with this? Talk to me, Blessing, talk to me. Uh, I started the Innovative Child Network because I wanted to give every child a voice. I wanted to give them the opportunity to learn skills it's free without having to pay to get mentorship free, without having to pay for it and most especially for children in the low-income communities. I started the Innovative Child Network because I wanted to shine a light on the amazing stories of children we have in our communities, especially innovative children. You know, there are days I would just walk on the streets and I see a child with 
an instrument he or she created, something innovative. And then you ask them, how did you come about it? Yes, she would tell you, oh, I put curtains together or I just got a few uh, scraps and just put it together and it's from this. You will see kids making houses, uh, making um, machines, etc. And then you realize that some of them are not even in school. Some of them are in school and some of them are even in a community school. And uh, when I see all of these things, it gives me hope that every child is innovative. And that actually inspired me to create this platform where I celebrate every child and also give them opportunity to explore and also live out their dreams. So this is basically my gift to the society. In many ways, this, is, this, this brings together everything that you've learned. You know, I, had, I have an uncle who's a lawyer. And he talks about a story as pulling together the strands to a thread. And if I look at all the strands to your thread, here's the personalized learning. Here's the technology. Here's the skills. Here's the youth advocacy. Here's the notion of a gift and a contribution along the way. Where have you reached in the program? So you've set this thing up. If I walked in there today, what would I see? What happens on a day-to-day basis is um, us organizing programs and mentorship sessions. And then on quarterly basis, we have projects that enable us to go into the rural communities to reach out to these children. What sort of projects, Blessing? Okay, so uh, we've had projects such as Empower Heart to Lead. We've had a book for each child. And then recently we are having STEAM for the rural kids. And what does STEAM for rural kids look like? What, what's involved in that? Okay, STEAM for rural kids is a project that will enable the rural children learn how to code, uh, learn public speaking, learn writing, and learn crafts. So we are infusing technology and art and taking it for the, to the rural kids. So we know that most of them do not have access to these and education should be accessible to all. It shouldn't only be accessible to a few. Like I said before, the Innovative Child Network is my gift to every child in our society. So we will try, we are trying as much as we can to take learning to the most disadvantaged kids to ones who cannot reach it. So that's what STEAM for the Rural Kids is all about. So we're going to take mentors there who are going to teach the kids robotics, scratch programming, and then infusing it with a presentation and the do-it-yourself craft. So is the point of taking robotics and scratch coding and things like that to kids in rural areas for them simply to be able to do that. What do you want them to use these skills to do with their lives? They are growing up. First of all, they need to have an idea of the developing world, of the kinds of skills that is needed in today's world and the fact that is needed. So I also see them growing in these skills. So these skills will enable them to be creators themselves. So like scratch programming, being able to create um, games, animation, interactive art, and also being able to explore their creativity 
and put them into practice. Like I said before, students are naturally uh, curious beings and creative beings. So it, we only need activities and avenue for them to express that. So knowing that these skills are needed in today's world is very important. And also being able to engage in these skills is very important. So as they grow up, they will not just be growing, they will not be growing as, as children or as young people who are ignorant, no. They'll be growing with the knowledge of these skills. And then their decisions in future of which career path to choose or where or which um, skills to, to get more involved in. The decision will be taken based on the knowledge they have, not based on the knowledge that they do not have. So this is a very strength-based model, isn't it? This is all about understanding what kids know, what they can do, who they are becoming, and how they're learning. It's 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 based on on what they what they like, what they enjoy. Why is it important to be to be so strength-based? What why do we need to base things on what students know rather than what they don't know? Okay, so why I said that is, um, I mean, as they grow up in the future, so uh, knowing these things will help their decision, help make their decision easy. You know, for instance, while I was growing up, I, um, I, had in, I was introduced to digital marketing, Android development, web development, and basically the knowledge I have of these different fields helped me make decision of where I would like to, the, the specific path I would like to follow. And um, the ones, uh, okay, I would say, this is not what I want to do at that time. So helping kids have a general knowledge is very important because it will make, help them make informed decisions. So that was what I meant. Perfect, perfect. Now, I want to take you to some of the practicalities around the Innovative Child Network. How is it funded? How does a young student who hasn't even completed her degree yet get funding to make this happen? I started with the, I started the Innovative Child Network really, really passionate. I was really, really passionate. I started the Innovative Child Network. But along the line, I realized that we really need funding to get things done. We really need funding to carry out projects, carry out um, uh, help in, in, our, in our literacy campaigns, getting books and um, helping kids get, get through education, get through their school year easily. We really need funding, we really need some money. And um, we had to do a work in that regard. And that has to do with campaign. So we've gotten funding from individuals. We've gotten funding from, um, I think it's mainly individuals. So from our, our social media engagement, pushing it all out, pushing our vision and our mission, has, has really helped us in, in raising funds for our projects from basically individuals. Okay, so there's individual philanthropy is contributing. And for all of our listeners out there, um, the web address is the innovativechildnetwork.org. And if you go on there, you'll find a blue button that says support us. So if you want to support Blessing and the work that she's doing and contribute towards that, you can and you can help take this hope and make it real along the way. Have you enjoyed moving into this world where you're not just a teacher, but you're an organizer and a leader and you have to organize funding and you have to organize um, marketing and campaigning? And do you enjoy this work as well too? 
definitely I enjoy it though sometimes it could be a bit hectic but I enjoy it we talked a little bit earlier about imposter syndrome how do you feel about having to curate your own social media and your own social media presence I don't feel indifferent about it I just feel normal I think like just a normal person would do so personally my own social media presence has been done intentionally uh, from Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. But for my organization, I um, I think at the point, although I started it myself personally, but at the point I realized that, you know, I since I have team members, there are other people that I really need to work on that. So it's not just about you. You got to build a team up around that, don't you? Yes, we have uh, we have a huge team at the Innovative Child Network. Uh, how many have you got in your team? So we have. Um, about 25. So including the executive team and the mentors, we have about 25. That's enough. <laughs> That's enough. That's a challenge, managing, managing an organization of that size and to make sure everything works. That's a, that's a real challenge on top of everything that you do. How do you find the time to get everything done, Blessing? Because you're involved in everything. I get, I get that question a lot. How do I find the time? How do I balance all of this? Uh, it's it's not really I don't I know sometimes it could be challenging, but I think it's something I'm determined to do. For my education, I make sure that I give seventy percent it. So I'm really really committed to my education and to make sure that I graduate well, do great. And my community work, I I know that I'm involved a lot, but I I, I set limits to to certain things especially when it has to do with um, the time I'm supposed to do a certain thing and the time I'm not supposed to do a certain thing. So it's not really, really, really difficult for me. I think um, uh, it's because I love the work I do, one. And number two, I am focused. And number three, I know where to place a particular, the pedestal if I should do something at that point or I shouldn't. So... Okay, so so what next for you? So well, after I'm done with my university degree, I uh, would go for national youth service. After then, I would go for my master's, of course. So I, I'm, I'm looking at um, pushing my master's in early childhood education. I'm, I'm really hopeful for the future. I'm really hopeful for the future. I want to see um, a world where every child, despite he or she comes from, do not have issues or do not have difficulties going to school and also learning skills as well. And I, I, we are trying to expand the Innovative Child Network and the work we do to make that possible. And then I also see myself being in a, decision, a, in a major decision-making decision position in my country to, uh, to affect policy, not just affect policy making, but be in a position where I'm also able to make policies as well that would favor every child. So Blessing, my last question to you, I think a great way to finish this conversation, you're in the running this year for the Global Student Prize. Tell us about that. You know, I, th I think you're in the, the top 50 uh, internationally um, uh, around that. That's an extraordinary achievement. Um, tell me about the Global Student Prize and uh, tell me what you would do if you won it. Uh, the Global Student Prize, uh, it's one huge opportunity and uh, I'm really grateful. I'm really, really grateful. 
and then why I'm also very happy is because it's uh, things since the announcement, uh, a lot of young persons have reached out to me telling me, uh, sharing their dreams with me and just asking for my advice. And then, and then people saying that, young people, especially students saying that um, they've been doing a lot in their community and then they'll keep at it. So it's just so amazing to realize that young people are once again reassured that all of the things are, that they're doing in their community that it's, it's, it's not a waste, they're actually on the right path. What I would do if I were to win, my dream has always been to see every child have access to education and skilled learning. So I would, it's basically be on that path, um, providing educational materials for marginalized students, school renovation, and also enabling skill, skills learning for um, graduating high school students. And then, of course, I look through the profiles of my uh, of other students who are in the top 50 and they are really inspiring. And uh, I feel so blessed to be to be among those those change makers. And I could actually uh, give part of the prize money to some of them. Yes, to encourage their work. And I know being a student and also being a change maker could be quite daunting and um, quite stressful and taking a lot of your personal money, etc. And then you're going through problems in school financially. So I think every student needs to be empowered. And I'm so excited that my work is being recognized, not just locally, nationally, but internationally and globally. Oh, blessing. I'm really glad that, uh, that your work's being recognized in that way too. You know, if ever there was an example of someone living a life of purpose, it's you. Um, uh, you bring every ounce of your being to your living, uh, your learning, your leading, and your working. You, you are a, a wonderful example of a global citizen, of a, of a, of a continuous learner and unlearner, of a future builder, of all of the graduate outcomes of a school for tomorrow. It's been a real pleasure to get to know you in conversation. Uh, I know that our Game Changers audience will be absolutely delighted to have, to have invested their time in learning from you about the future, uh, about the way in which you're tackling it, about today's learning for tomorrow's world. So, so blessing, Akpan, thank you very much. And um, God bless you in everything that you do. Thank you, Phil. Thank you. Game Changers is a podcast for those who want to change the game of school. Produced by Oliver Cummins for Orbital Productions and powered by a school for tomorrow, Game Changers is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play and SoundCloud. Tell your friends and don't forget to subscribe. Let's go.